Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin Vessalatu vesselamu ala abdillahi ve rasulih Nebiyyina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecma'in emma ba'd We're going to begin with our lesson for today and today inşaAllah ta'ala we have four names from the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Four names today, inshaAllah ta'ala. Normally we've been doing two a day, but this time we're going to do four. And they are Al-Khaliq, Al-Khalaq, Al-Bari' and Al-Musawwir. Al-Khaliq, Al-Khalaq, Al-Bari' and Al-Musawwir. And inshaAllah ta'ala we're going to cover the meanings of those four names inshaAllah ta'ala in this lesson. So we usually begin by mentioning the places, and we're going to start with Al-Khaliq and Al-Khalaq, the places where these are mentioned in the Qur'an. Because we need a proof. We need to have a proof for this name being from the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So our first proof is the well-known ayah in Surah Al-Hashr, ayah number 24. In which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, So those are three of the names of Allah mentioned among the many names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala within Surah Al Hashar. And likewise in Surah Al Zumar. Ayah number 62 in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Allahu khaliqu kulli shay'in wa huwa ala kulli shay'in wakil. Allah is the creator of everything and he is a wakil. And we're going to come, for, come through to uh, that uh, later on inshallah, uh, over everything. As for al-khalaq, then al-khalaq only comes two places in the Quran. Once in Surah Al-Hijr uh, uh, and once in Surah Yasin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, إِنَّ رَبَّكَ هُوَ الْخَلَّاقُ الْعَلِيمُ And in Surah Yasin, بَلَى وَهُوَ الْخَلَّاقُ الْعَلِيمُ So to understand the difference between Al-Khaliq and Al-Khalaq, we have to understand a little bit about Arabic language. We have to understand something called Sighatul Mubalagha. And that is basically the use of emphasis by changing the word or the form of the word slightly. So when we move from khaliq on the pattern fa'il to khalaq on the pattern fa'al, then the meaning of this is it gives extra emphasis. So it is like al-khaliq, the creator, and al-khalaq, the one who is ever creating, always creating. And I don't think there's a great translation of the names of Allah into English that I could relate you to, but perhaps something like uh, the creator and you know something like the one who is always creating or the one who is ever creating. Uh, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not only the creator in the sense that everything has an origin in his creation. Rather, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is constantly creating all the time, every single day, every single minute. 
Because as we know from our study of Aqidah, every single thing in this universe, whether objects or actions, does not escape the knowledge of Allah and His writing and His will and His creation. This is part of our Iman in Qadr. If someone asks for you, define for me Al-Iman bil Qadr. Define for me what does it mean to believe in Qadr. We would say that to believe in Qadr is to believe in the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala encompassing everything and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wrote everything that will happen until the day of judgment and that everything happens by the will of Allah Azza wa Jal and by His creation. And so everything, objects and actions in this world happen through the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And of course we're going to come on to the fact that that creation can be direct like Adam or indirect like you and I in the sense that Allah Azza wa Jal creates through something else. But everything is from the creation of Allah Azza wa Jal. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, Wallahu khalaqakum wa ma ta'amalun. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created you and that which you do. Knowing that this ayah, not all of the scholars of tafsir held this ayah to be referring to your actions, even though there's no doubt that Allah creates our actions. Uh, some of them said it means Allah created you and Allah created the idols which, which you which you worship. And this is more, this is the more apparent tafsir of the ayah. That Allah created you and He created even the idols that you worship are from the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as we said, Allah said in Surah Yaseen, Bala wa huwa al-khallaqul alim. Indeed, and He is al-khallaq. The one who is ever creating, always creating. The ultimate creator, the best creator. And the most knowledgeable or the all-knowing. And now we have to understand, and always we've done this, we follow the same methodology. The methodology of the Shaykh whose book we are reading, Shaykh Abdul Razzaq Al-Abbad, Hafidhullah Ta'ala. This book, Fiqhul Asma al Husna, that we are taking the lesson from. And uh, the methodology is first of all, we prove the name from the Quran and then we look at the Sifa. We look at the attribute which is taken from Al Khaliq. So, what is the attribute that is taken from Al Khaliq and Al Khalaq? The attribute is Al Khalq, creation or creating, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates. And whenever we have al-af'al, al-muta'addiyah, those actions which have an impact on us, so what do we affirm for Allah We affirm the name, we affirm the attribute, and we affirm the action that is a part of that attribute. So we say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-khaliq, and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yakhluqu, He creates whatever he wills. And we affirm that for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the attribute of al-khalq. And that this action is a real action which takes place. So these are all things that we affirm when we have something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that impacts us from the attributes of Allah azza wa jal. But we have to understand, and this is something that, I mean for me, I, I wasn't, I hadn't thought about it like this before. 
The al-khalq is two things. There are two meanings to creation or creating. One of them is unique to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And one of them by meaning is shared between Allah and His creation. But of course, the way it applies to Allah is not the way that it applies to His creation. There is nothing like Him and He is the all-hearing, the all-seeing. So we have to understand that there are two types of al-khalq. And where you, where you realize this is when you hear the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal, the best of the creators. So who are these khaliqoon? Who are these multiple creators? When we know that creation from nothing is, this, is the attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And there is no khaliq except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So who are these khaliqoon? Who are these others? To understand this, we have to divide al-khalq to two kinds of khalq, two kinds of creating. The first is, and the definition of al-khalq in Arabic, at least the definition the Shaykh gives, he says, إِجَادُ الشَّيْءِ وَإِبْدَاعُهُ عَلَىٰ غَيْرِ مِثَالٍ سَابِقٍ That Allah brings something into being. And if you like, creates it without a precedent. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he doesn't, it's not like he copies something that somebody else did. He brings it from nothing into being without any prior precedent, without anything else. It's not like, you know, and subhanAllah, this is something that when we come to the name of Al-Bari, we will see, you know, in, in detail that only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is able to do this. And whatever creation reaches of, a, of being able to manipulate the creation of Allah, all they are able to do is just to change a little bit of an attribute of something that Allah created. You know, to get like, I don't know, like chickens that grow fatter and you know, like corn that doesn't rot and things like that. But all they do is, all they are able to do is to tweak what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala already created. As for bringing something into being that has no precedent, then this is something that only Allah Azza wa Jal is able to do. And nobody competes with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in being able to bring something into existence and to create it and invent it without any prior precedent. And this is the meaning of the various ayat in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives this meaning of creation when He says, أَوَلَمْ يَرَوْا أَنَّا خَلَقَنَا لَهُمْ مِمَّا عَمِلَتْ أَيْدِينَا أَنْعَامًا فَهُمْ لَهَا مَالِكُونَ Do they not see that we have created for, for, for them from that which our hands have made an'am, cattle, so they are owners or they are able to take benefit from those cattle. And the statement of Allah إِنَّا كُلَّ شَيْءٍ خَلَقْنَاهُ we Indeed, every single thing we have created with a specific measure. And you can take Qadr here as being either of the two types of Qadr, either a specific measure like a specific form, like the name Al-Musawwir, the one who gave everything a specific form and a specific shape and a specific appearance. 
And likewise, the Qadr, which is the decree of Allah Every single thing has been created with a decree, a divine decree. And the statement of Allah The one who he created, i.e. he created everything in this universe from objects and actions without any precedent without having anything to copy, without having any prior example. He subhanahu wa ta'ala creates from nothing. When he wants to create something, he simply says, kun fayakun, be and it is. And the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَخَلَكَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ فَقَدَّرَهُ تَقْدِيرًا And he created every single thing and he gave it a specific decree. Or he created it with a specific form. And the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, كَمَا بَدَأْنَا أَوَّلَ خَلْقٍ نُعِيدُهُ As we began the first creation, we will cause it to return, or we will return it to where it was. The second meaning, and this is the meaning that people usually don't pick up from the word al-khalq, is the meaning of at-taqdeer, of measuring and deciding something in its general meaning. Now, taqdeer can mean qadr as in the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or just generally the taqdeer, the sort of decisions that you as a person make, and likewise that you as a person measure and decide on and take into account. Because the original meaning of a taqdeer is to measure something, to give something a measure. And so this taqdeer is what can be applied to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it can be applied to the creation of Allah azza wa jal. But the way that it's applied to Allah is not the way it is applied to the creation. And this is a very important point of aqeedah. In fact, it's absolutely critical for you to be able to understand the names of Allah through this. And that is that there are some names of Allah where the attribute from it can be found in meaning among human beings. For example, as Samir al Basir. Samir, all hearing, Basir, all seeing. As Samir wal Basar. We all can hear, and all of us here today can see. We can all hear, and we can all see. But our hearing is not like the hearing of Allah and our sight is not like the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is what caused the likes of the Jahmiyyah and those who followed them from Al-Mutakallimun to fall into error because they became confused. How is it that Allah can hear and we can hear? Is this not tashbih? Is this not comparing Allah to His creation? that Allah can hear and we can hear? No, because the hearing is not like the hearing. Like some of the ulama said, The hearing is not like the hearing and the sight is not like the sight. Our hearing is not like the hearing of Allah. How far can you hear? We can't even get the sister section to hear us upstairs. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he is every single thing. Subhanallah wasi'a sam'ahu al-aswat. Glory to the one or exalted be the one whose hearing reaches every single thing. 
and our sight is limited to our field of vision. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees everything at every time without that being distracting or confusing or without that being tiring for Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there is no difficulty to say that we can hear and Allah can hear. But the hearing of Allah is not like our hearing and the sight of Allah is not like our sight. And the meaning of khalq here, creation, is not like or decreeing something or deciding something or measuring something is not like the meaning that is applied to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it can be applied in this limited sense, it can be applied to creation. So we can't say create that we create things, at least not in Arabic. We can't say, for example, uh, I created the jihaz. That's not, I created the instrument. That's not allowed for us to say because this khalq is mukhtasun billahi subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, we can say sanatu. I made it. I, 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 I fashioned it. But we can't say we created it because khalq here means to create from nothing. Kun fayakun, be and it is. Not something where you know you have like some materials and you put some things together. This is a sanat. This is making something or manufacturing something that you have, you know, some iron and you have some machinery and you fashion something. But as for creating something from nothing, this is only for Allah But sometimes we find the word khalq applied to human beings. So how do we understand this? For such as the statement of Allah ifka. Allah said, you people, and then he uses the word khalq, takhluqoon, ifka, a great lie. You have invented a great lie, something like that. But the word khalq here is different from creating something from nothing. And likewise, that is the meaning of ahsan, al-khaliqeen, the best of, if you like creators, although I don't think that's a very good translation, uh, the best of those who decree, or the best of those who decide, or the best of those who, something along those lines. So. The meaning here is at-taqdeer and is not creating something from nothing. Because Allah said, Hal min khaliqin Is there any creator besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Hada khalqullah fa'aruni madha khalaqalladheena min dunih. This is the creation of Allah. So show me what have those less than Allah created. Absolutely nothing. As for the concept of at-taqdeer, of maybe either measuring something or uh, making an account of something or a decision of something or deciding to do something, then there is no doubt that this is something that can be uh, applied to uh, the creation of Allah but of course it's not the same as it is applied to human beings. understand is we have to understand that the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not just creation the amazing thing about the creation of Allah is not just that Allah azza wa jal creates but that Allah azza wa jal creates for a very specific purpose Allah azza wa jal does not create out of a jest or a joke or 
for no reason at all. Rather, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates for a very specific reason. So Allah told us, وَمَا خَلَقَنَا السَّمَاءَ وَالْأَرْضَ وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا لَاعِبِينَ We did not create the heavens and the earth and what is between them as a play, as a joke, as a, you know, as something playful for no reason. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, أَفَحَسِبْتُمْ أَنَّمَا خَلَقْنَاكُمْ عَبَثًا وَأَنَّكُمْ إِلَيْنَا لَا تُرْجَعُونَ Do you think that we have created you abathan, just messing around? Just as a, you know, just as a random sort of gesture, something just randomly messing around and that you will not be returned to us. No, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created for a reason. And that reason is two things. There are two reasons mentioned in the Quran why we are created and there is no contradiction between the two because the two of them are linked together completely. Allah Azza wa Jal created us to know Him and He created us to worship Him. He created us to know Him and He created us to worship Him. As for him creating us to know him, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Allahu alladhi khalaqa sab'a samawatin wa min al-ardi mithlahun yatanazzalu al-amru baynahunna li ta'lamu anna allaha ala kulli shay'in qadir wa anna allaha qada ahata bi kulli shay'in ilma. Allah created seven heavens and from the earth like them or equal in equal number, seven earths that he causes this command to go between them, the commands of Allah, the decrees of Allah that happen between the heavens and the earth. All of this so that you may know, so that you may know that Allah is able to do all things and that Allah has encompassed everything with his knowledge. So here, خَلَقَ اللَّهُ Allah created for us to know. To, for us to know about him, for us to know his names and his attributes. And the famous ayah in Surah Al-Thariyat, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ We've only created the jinn and the men to worship me. I have only created the jinn and the men to worship me. I to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So how do we understand this? How did Allah create us to know and then create us to worship him? We say that these are the two types of Tawheed and the two are completely tied together. The first is Tawheed al-Ma'rifati wal-Ithbat. The Tawheed of knowing Allah Azza wa Jal. I Tawheed al-Rububiyya and al-Asma sifat Knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his actions, in who he is. And the second is Tawheed al-Uluhiyya. The worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone with no partner. And these two are absolutely linked together. They are not separate. They are one common purpose. So when you know Allah Azza wa Jal, what does that lead you to? When you know Allah, you are guaranteed to worship Him. Because if you knew Allah Azza wa Jal, as He deserves to be known, it would not be possible for you to dream of worshipping anyone else. And you only worship Allah based on the knowledge that you have of Him. Someone asks you, why do you worship Allah? Why don't you worship Allah and Al-Uzza and Manat al-Thalithat al-Ukhra? Why don't you worship 
the graves and the stars and the sun and the moon. You will say the sun and the moon didn't create me. But Allah Azza wa Jal created me. The sun and the moon don't give me risk. But Allah Azza wa Jal gave me risk. The sun and the moon don't cause me to give me life and cause me to die. But Allah Azza wa Jal gave me life and caused me to die. The sun and the moon don't give me tarbiyah. They don't raise me up and, and nurture me. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raises and nurtures me. And so we say your knowledge of Allah Azza wa Jal took you to worshipping Him. And you worship Him based on the knowledge that you have. And so we see that these are one single purpose and not two purposes together. They are two purposes when you speak in detail, but when you put them together, they are a single purpose. To worship Allah based on the knowledge of Him. That is what Allah Azza wa Jal has created you for and created me for and created the Sab'a Samawat and Al-Ardina Sab'a, the seven earths, the seven heavens, all of them Allah Azza wa Jal created so that you could worship Him based on knowing Him. And so that knowing Him would lead you to worship Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have to also understand when it comes to Al-Khalq that Al-Khalq is one of the most recognized attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even among the non-Muslims. So if you were to ask most non-Muslims, most non-Muslims would say to you that we believe that God created the heavens and the earth. Even if you were to ask a Christian, your average Christian, who created the earth? Very few of them would say Jesus created the earth. They would say the Father or God with a capital G created the earth. If you were to ask the Hindu who created the earth, usually they would give you the answer that there is one God and this one God created the earth or one of our gods created the earth. The majority of people from the beginning of time until today believe that there is a creator who created this earth. Now we have atheism and we have agnosticism and we have you know, all of these different things. But to be honest, if you look at the majority of mankind, still until today, atheism is very popular in the West, but it's not you know, very popular anywhere else, really. The reality is that most people recognize that there is a creator. But recognizing that there is a creator does not make you a Muslim. And that is why if you say La Khaliqa illallah, this does not make you a Muslim. Until you say La ilaha illallah, saying there is no creator except Allah doesn't make you a Muslim. What makes you a Muslim is saying that there is nothing that deserves worship except Allah. And we can understand this from a very beautiful ayah that everybody must understand in order to understand this concept of Allah being al-Khaliq. And that is the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Yusuf, وَمَا يُؤْمِنُ أَكْثَرُهُمْ بِاللَّهِ إِلَّا وَهُمْ مُشْرِكُونَ Most of them do not believe in Allah except that they are making partners with Him. Seems strange the way the ayah is worded. How can you believe in Allah and make a partner with Allah? How can you possibly believe in Allah 
وَمَا يُؤْمِنُ أَكْثَرُهُمْ بِاللَّهِ They believe in Allah, but they are mushrikun. Let's listen to what Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah said. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah said, مِنْ إِيمَانِهِمْ إِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ مَنْ خَلَقَ السَّمَاءَ وَمَنْ خَلَقَ الْأَرْضِ وَمَنْ خَلَقَ الْجِبَالِ قَالُوا اللَّهِ وَهُمْ مُشْرِكُونَ If you ask them who created the heavens, who created the earth, who created the mountains, they say Allah, but still they made partners with Him. And likewise, the statement of Allah, or this, if we like this, the explanation of Ikrima for the same ayah, Ikrima rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, تَسْأَلُهُمْ مَنْ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ فَيَقُولُونَ اللَّهِ فَذَاكَ إِيمَانُهُمْ بِاللَّهِ وَهُمْ يَعْبُدُونَ غَيْرَهِ Ikrima said, rahimahullah ta'ala, the great student, the great scholar of tafsir from the tabi'een, Ikrima rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, they are asked, or you ask them, who created the heavens and the earth? They say, Allah. This is their iman in Allah, but they worship others besides Him. And this is the essence of Islam that you must understand. And it is, to be honest, perhaps the greatest mas'ala or the greatest issue in Islam, that you understand that believing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is your khaliq and your raziq, does not make you a Muslim until you worship him subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. The mushrikeen of Quraysh, they believed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was al-khaliq. They believed that Allah created the heavens and the earth. It did not make them a Muslim until they worshipped him alone. And that is why the meaning of la ilaha illallah is la ma'abuda bihaqqin illallah and not la khaliqa wa la raziqa wa la mudabbira illallah. We don't say that la ilaha illallah means there is no creator except Allah. We say la ilaha illallah means there is nothing that deserves worship except Allah. And there are many, many ayat in this form in the Quran. From them the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal, Alhamdulillah, Alladhi khalaqa as-samawati wal-ard, waja'ala al-dhulumati wal-nur, thumma alladhina kafaru birabbihim ya'dilun. All praises to Allah who created the heavens and the earth and made the darkness and the light. Then those who disbelieve in their Lord make others equal to Him or make partners with Him. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma said, Yuridu, a Yuridullah, Adalu bi min khalqi al hijara wal asnam, baada an akaru bi ni'mati wa rububiyati. Ibn Abbas said, Allah means they made partners with me from my creation of the stones and the idols, i.e. they took stones and idols that I created and made them equal to me after they admitted to the blessings that I have given them and they admitted to my Lordship. And Allah mentions this many times to the kuffar in the Quran. وَلَئِنْ سَأَلْتَهُمْ مَنْ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَسَخَّرَ الشَّمْسَ وَالْقَمَرِ لَيَقُولُنَّ اللَّهِ if you ask them, who is it who created the heavens and the earth? And who is it who subjugated the sun and the moon? They will say, Allah. 
So we have to understand that what makes this name important for us is that we have a step once we understand it. We believe that Allah is Al-Khaliq. We believe that Allah is Al-Khalaq. Then what? Then we worship Him because nobody else deserves worship except the one who created us and except the one who sustains us and except the one who provides for us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wahtahu. La sharika la. Allah Azza wa Jal alone and with no partner. And this is mentioned again, or we can bring one more ayah to mention this, and that is the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal. Ayushrikuna ma la yakhluku shay'an wa hum yukhlaqoon. Do they make partners with Allah? Something that itself created nothing and it itself was created. So look at the way Allah is using this understanding that He is Al-Khaliq. He is saying, could you, after you know that Allah is Al-Khaliq, worship something that number one, la yakhluqu shay'a, it doesn't create anything. And number two, wahum yukhlaqoon, and it itself, and they themselves have been created by Allah How can you worship something when that thing is number one, creation and not created and number two has never created anything so what makes us muslim is that when we recognize that allah is al-khaliq and al-khalaq we dedicate our worship to him because of that and if that second step is missing then there is no benefit to knowing that allah is al-khaliq just like it didn't benefit abu lahab to know that allah was al-khaliq and it didn't benefit abu jahl to know that allah was al-khaliq they did not benefit from knowing that. And it didn't benefit Iblis to know that Allah was Al-Khaliq. And he is well aware that Allah is Al-Khaliq. Iblis knows this very well. But it benefits you when you act upon it in the right way, which is to, to dedicate your worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, recognizing that He is the only one who has that attribute of Lordship. So now we come to our our other names and we come to our collection to understand which is Al-Khaliq Al-Bari' Al-Musawwir. Al-Khaliq Al-Bari' Al-Musawwir. And we want to understand these three names are very, very similar in meaning. And sometimes in the English translation you see, you know, the creator and the inventor and the, the fashioner, but doesn't quite explain to us the difference. I really want us to understand what is the difference between Al-Khaliq and al-bari' and al-musawwir. So what we can understand from this is that al-khaliq has two aspects to it. One is al-taqdir, al-qadr, the issue of decreeing something or deciding how something is going to be. You know, deciding how something is going to be. And then al-bari' refers to bringing something that you have decided from nothing into existence. And al-musawwir is to fashion it or to shape it in the form or the shape or the character that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wishes. So we'll go through that again. Al-khaliq has two meanings. One, the general meaning of creation. So some of the scholars said al-khaliq is a comprehensive word and al-bari and al-musawwir are explanations of al-khaliq. Yani who is al-khaliq? Who al-khaliq? Al-bari al-musawwir. 
Who is Al-Khaliq? He is the... What is Al-Khaliq? Al-Khaliq is Al-Bari Al-Musawwir. Al-Khaliq is the one who brings something from nothing and gives it its form. Gives it its shape. Causes it to grow however he wishes. Causes it to look however he wishes. And from another aspect, we can see it as a three-step process of creation. The first is At-Taqdeer. That Allah Azza wa Jal creates or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees a decree of how things will be. Then he brings things into existence according to his decree. This is Al-Bari. And then he causes those things to have the appearance and the shape and the fashion that he subhanahu wa ta'ala wills. So you can think of it as two ways. You can think of Al-Khaliq as being the general and Al-Bari and Al-Musawwir as being the explanation of Al-Khaliq. Al-Khaliq is the creator and Al-Bari is the one who brings it from nothing and Al-Musawwir who gives it its form. Or you can think of it as a three-step process. Al-Khaliq is the one who decrees what he will create. And Al-Bari is the one who creates from nothing. And Al-Musawwir is the one who gives the things that he has created their shape and their form and their appearance. And we can see all of these mentioned within the, uh, within the Qur'an. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, as we know, Allah al-Khaliq al-Bari al-Musawwir lahu al-Asma' al-Husna in Surah al-Hashr. Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, Al-Khalqu al-Taqdeer. So listen to Ibn Kathir's explanation. He says, Al-Khalqu al-Taqdeer. Creation means decreeing what will be created. Creation means decreeing what will be created. وَالْبَرْءُ هُوَ الْفَرِي And وَهُوَ تَنْفِيذ وَإِبْرَازْ مَا قَدَّرَهُ وَقَرَّرَهُ إِلَى الْوُجُودِ So Ibn Kathir, he says, this name Al-Bari' What it means is, it means al-fari, and al-fari means to bring something that has never before been seen, to bring something from nothing. To bring something from nothing. And this means to carry out his decree, tanfiz. He's carrying out the decree that he has done. So al-bari is the one who carries out the decree that he has decreed which was the meaning of Al-Khaliq. He decreed what he wanted to create. And then he brought it into existence without a, a prior precedent. And then he said, uh, with regard to uh, Al-Musawwir, he said, Al-Khaliq al-Bari al-Musawwir, الذي إذا أراد شيئا قال له كن فيكون على الصفة التي يريد والصورة التي يختار. He said, the meaning of these three things. This is Ibn Kathir again. He says, the one who when he wants something, he says كن. He wants something. What do you mean he wants something? He decrees something. He wants something. So now this is the decree. He says كن فيكون. This is part of the decree. Fayakun. Then it exists. This is Al-Bari. The one who says Kun Fayakun, this is Al-Bari. He brings it from nothing. Kun Fayakun. It's nothing and then it is. 
and then he brings it in the characteristic or with the attributes that he wants. So he wanted us to be able to see, he wanted us to be able to hear, he wanted us to have eyes, he wanted us to have hands, and the, the form or the shape that he wanted to create it in, and this is Al-Musawwir. So the Shaykh, he said that when we understand creation in this way, what happens is we get a three-step process. The first is decreeing something, the second is bringing it into being, and the third one is giving it its shape and its form. Or alternatively, you can see it uh, in a different way. You can see it as Al-Khaliq being the comprehensive name that covers all of them. And certainly when Al-Khaliq is mentioned on its own, it is the comprehensive meaning. So all of, if you are asked, what is Al-Khaliq? Huwa Al-Bari Al-Musawwir. That is who Al-Khaliq is. The one who brings things from nothing and gives them their shape and their, and their form. So that is, one, uh, that is one aspect of it. When Al-Khaliq comes on its own. And Allah said, وَلَقَدْ خَلَقْنَاكُمْ ثُمَّ صَوَّرْنَاكُمْ Allah said in Surah Al-A'raf, We have created you, Khalaq. خلقناكم, we have created you and then we gave you your form and your shape and your attributes and your appearance and this is from Al-Musawwir and Allah Azza wa Jal said ما أصاب من مصيبة في الأرض ولا في أنفسكم إلا في كتاب من قابل أن نبرأها من قابل أن نبرأها so Allah Azza wa Jal said no calamity befalls on earth, nor in yourselves, except that it is in a book before, and then he uses the word that is the same word as al-bari, before nabara'aha, we bring it into being, before we bring it into reality. So it was in a book before it came into the real world. And when it was in the book before it came in the real world, then this is the meaning of al-khaliq, and then al-bari and al-musawwir as we said and at this point I want to just reflect for a second upon this particular ayah with regard to Bani Israel and just to emphasize this meaning just this you know this uh, it's a beautiful meaning in this ayah Allah Azza wa said وَإِذْ قَالَ مُوسَى لِقَوْمِهِ يَا قَوْمِ إِنَّكُمْ ظَلَمْتُمْ أَنفُسَكُمْ بِاتِّخَاذِكُمُ الْعِجَلَ فَتُوبُوا إِلَى بَارِئِكُمْ فَاقْتُلُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ ذَلِكُمْ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ عِنْدَ بَارِئِكُمْ فَتَابَ عَلَيْكُمْ إِنَّهُ هُوَ التَّوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ When Musa said to his people, O oh my people, you have oppressed yourselves by taking the calf in worship. You took the ijal and you started to worship the ijal. You started to worship the, the calf. So repent to al-bari. You're the one who brought you into being. Then let the wrongdo let the righteous among you kill the wrongdoers. anfusakum. Let the righteous among you kill the wrongdoers. This is better for your bari. Bari'ikum, your bari, the one who brought you into being, so that he may forgive you your sins or he may accept your repentance. Indeed, he is at Tawwab al Rahim. Why do you think that Allah Azza wa mentions the name Al Bari in this ayah? 
have a think about it for a second and I'll give you the answer but why just have a think in yourself why does Allah Azza wa Jal when speaking to Bani Israel why after they've just worshipped the calf does he say ذَلِكُمْ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ عِنْدَ بَارِئِكُمْ or does he say فَقْتُرُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ ذَلِكُمْ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ عِنْدَ بَارِئِكُمْ think about it like this these people have just chosen to worship a calf. It's not even a real calf. It's a calf made up out of gold. They are worshipping the calf. This calf is a created object. In fact, more than that, this calf has been manufactured by a Samiri. وَكَذَلِكَ أَلْقَى a Samiri. A Samiri has put this calf into the, the fire and has come out with this. فَأَخْرَجَ لَهُمْ it's, he brought out for them a, a calf that made a kind of a, a sound, like a mooing sound. This is your God and the God of Musa, but Musa forgot. Said, you are worshipping something that has been fashioned by a human being in front of your eyes, knowing that it is a created object. And you know that Allah Azza wa Jal brought you into being from nothing. So how disgraceful can it be that you worship this golden calf when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought you into existence and you know that he is al-bari. So this is extra in the way of tawbih that Allah is really criticizing them and really hammering the message home to them. That how could you worship something that you saw being put into the fire? You saw a Samiri bring it out. You saw that it was something that was fashioned. It, it did not create anything. And you know for certain not only was it created, but it was fashioned in front of your, you know, it was hammered out in front of your own eyes. And then you left the one who is Al-Bari. You left the one who you know created you from nothing to worship this created object that created nothing. And so this is the ultimate kind of insult to Bani Israel with them taking the calf as this object of worship. Ibn Kathir rahimahullah ta'ala said, وَفِي قَوْرِهِ تَعَالَى هُنَا إِلَى بَارِئِكُمْ تَنْبِيهٌ إِلَى عَظَمِ جُرْمِهِمْ أَيْ فَتُوبُوا إِلَى الَّذِي خَلَقَكُمْ وَقَدْ عَبَدْتُمْ مَعَهُ غَيْرَهُ He said, Ibn Kathir rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, in the statement of Allah إِلَىٰ بَارِئِكُمْ To the one who created you. There is a tanbih, uh, there is a, a, a notice, something to bear in mind about the severity of the, of the crime that they committed. So turn to Allah in repentance because Allah created you, yet you have worshipped others who did not create anything besides him subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I think that's an extremely, extremely important point. And then I think we, we should finish off by speaking about something we have to speak about when we speak about al-musawwir. And that is that Allah alone, one who fashions things and brings things into shape and gives things an appearance. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it forbidden for us to make pictures from the same as al-musawwir, tasweer, to make pictures or to draw pictures or to take pictures 
of things which have a soul. Zawatul arwah, those things which have a soul. Because this is a type of trying to compete with the creation of Allah and trying to compete with the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Musawwir, the one who gives everything its shape and its form. That some people come with a pen and a pencil or other instrument and they try to give something a form. They try to give something that is alive a form, like they give something with a soul a form. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke very strongly against this. And in the Sahihain in Bukhari and Muslim, the hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, that he said, سَمِعْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ يَقُولُ إِنَّ أَشَدَّ النَّاسِ عَذَابًا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ الْمُصَوِّرُونَ The people who will have the worst punishment on the day of judgment will be those people who make pictures or take pictures, i.e. pictures of a living thing or a thing with a soul. وعن عائشة رضي الله عنها أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال أشد الناس عذابا يوم القيامة الذين يضارون بخلق الله The people who will have the worst punishment on the day of judgment are those who try to compete with the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And in the hadith of Abu Huraira also in the Sahihain يقول الرب سبحانه وَمَنْ أَظْلَمُ مِمَّنْ ذَهَبَ يَخْلُقُ كَخَلْقِي فَلْيَخْلُقُ ذَرَّةً أَوْ لِيَخْلُقُ حَبَّةً أَوْ لِيَخْلُقُ شَعِيرًا وكما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم عن ربه Abu Hurairah رضي الله عنه narrated that Allah, the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said that Allah, the Lord, exalted as he said who is more oppressive than the one who goes and tries to create like my creation so let them create an ant or a, an atom or let them create a grain of wheat or let them create a grain of barley and likewise the Prophet said the people who make these pictures on the day of judgment it will be said to them bring life to what you created and their punishment will continue as long as they cannot bring life to the picture they made. Will they ever be able to bring life to it? No, because Allah is Al-Khaliq, Al-Bari, Al-Musawwir. So they will never be able to bring any, any life to this object. So they will be punished constantly until they can bring life to the object and they will not be able to bring uh, life to this object. So this is a very important lesson for us in terms of avoiding pictures, avoiding putting them in our homes and such, and avoiding uh, making pictures and taking pictures. Some of the scholars made an allowance for uh, digital pictures or digital, digital video, um, and that is a matter of a difference of opinion, which some people allowed and some people did not allow. But definitely, for certain, we should be avoiding uh, we should be avoiding anything which resembles the taking of pictures in terms of, you know, uh, like printing pictures, hanging pictures on the wall, uh, drawing, getting the kids to draw pictures, having pictures in our home. We know that angels do not enter the house in which there is a dog or a, or a picture, i.e. a picture of something with a soul. So it's really important that we understand that this is one of the, the, the things that we accept when we know that Allah is al-Musawwir, 
that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone is the one that brings and gives things a shape and a fashion from nothing and that it's not our right to try to draw things to resemble the creation of Allah that have souls and that the Prophet said that if you must draw something then draw a tree or something similar to that and draw something that does not have a soul don't draw a human being or an animal or whatever but just you know draw a plant or draw a tree or something like that if you must draw something and then of course uh, we want to make also clear with regard to these names uh, as to uh, which of these names are applicable in terms of uh, human beings and how we can how we can sort of uh, apply those so the first thing that we have to uh, understand is that Al-Bari is a name that can only be given to Allah you cannot give anybody else the name Bari it has to only be Abdul Bari it, you can't have you can't have anyone given the name Bari or Al-Bari with or without Al because this name means creating something from nothing as for Khaliq then if it means that if it is the meaning of uh, sort of deciding something or giving something a measure or a decree then you can give this meaning to a human being like Allah said تَخْلُقُونَ ifka, uh, or Allah said فَتَبَارَكَ اللَّهُ أَحْسَنَ الْخَالِقِينَ as for the meaning of Khaliq as the creator you can't give this to anyone except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and with regard to the last al-musawwir then again this has an element of uh, it can be somebody can be described as being musawwir and whoever takes a picture a cameraman you can say who a musawwir he is taking a picture or he is he's a cameraman but it can never apply in the way that it applies to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we understand that al-bari is like al-Rahman. You can't give it under any circumstances. You can't have someone whose name is Rahman. Because Rahman is something that can never be applied to anyone else. Bari is something that can never be applied to anyone else. Khaliq depends on the meaning. And Musawwir also, if you take the meaning of taking a picture, then a person can be Musawwir. Uh, but if you take the meaning of uh, fashioning something or creating something then this is only for Allah so hopefully these have explained these names to us and the last thing that we usually talk about is just a reminder of what this should lead us to doing so these four names Al-Khaliq and Al-Khalaq and Al-Bari and Al-Musawwir all of them are from the Rububiyyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all of them come back to the Lordship of Allah and so all of them are there for you to know Allah so that you can increase in your worship of Him based on this new knowledge that you have and it's not new knowledge as such but this perhaps increased awareness that you have you realize that everything happens by the creation of Allah that every object and every action in this universe is created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings things from nothing and that nothing else and no one else can bring anything from you know from nothing I mean it's a, no matter what scientists do scientists have a very firm rule yeah this is I'm sure this was one of Einstein's uh, rules that energy cannot be created nor can it be destroyed but only transformed from one form to another this is in the right of creation as for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah creates energy from whatever He wills and He creates action from whatever He wills and He creates objects from whatever He wills from nothing subhanahu wa ta'ala 
This is only the right of Allah So this inspires you to realize the greatness of your creator and to turn to him in worship because you recognize the power and the supremacy that he has and you recognize that however far we advance as a human race, you know, at the end of the day, there's nothing that is comparable to Allah in his creation, in his bringing things into being and in the fact that he gives us his, our, our forms and our shapes. And there is something in that, in Al-Musawwir. And that is, you know, one last point that we should mention. And that is that we should not be, discon we should not be uh, discontented or we should not be unhappy with our shapes and our forms. You know, like this is one of the reason why we're not allowed, for example, to, to shape the eyebrows or to file the teeth. Because at the end of the day, it's showing displeasure with Al-Musawwir, the one who gave you the form that he gave you. Now, that doesn't mean you can't want to lose weight a little bit or you want to, you know, you want to, uh, I don't know, put some weight on or lose some weight or, you know, you want some, some sort of changeable characteristic like that. But the reality is that you should be generally happy with how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created you. What it's in your ability to change in terms of you know, things like uh, being more healthy and you know, things like that, that's a different issue. But that your general shape that Allah created you with should not be saying, why can't I be fairer? Why can't I be darker? Why can't I have you know, straighter teeth? Why can't I you know, have uh, some be taller or shorter or something like that? Because Allah is al-Musawwar, the one who gave you the form that He gave you. Fatabarakallahu ahsan al Blessed is Allah, the best of the Khaliqeen, the best one to decide and decree what it is that He is going to create and what it is that He's going to bring into being, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's another point that we can take from Al-Musawwir, the one who gives you your form or gives you your shape. And there's something in that about being content with the decree of Allah. We all should learn that. You know that when Allah decrees something, He decrees it for a wisdom and a benefit. So when you find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees something, learn to be content with it. Learn to be... It's hard because you know you, you have a vision in your mind of what you want to be and who you, you know what you want to do. And sometimes when Allah decrees something that's not within that vision, you become upset and you start to become maybe a little bit rebellious towards the concept of Qadr. But one of the things we take from Al-Khaliq and Al-Bari and Musawwir is that Allah creates you in the best possible way for you and has created you in the way that is best and in the way that with a decree that is best. So we try to develop some contentment in that. We try to become content and happy with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed for us, whether it is our physical form, whether it's our character, whether it's the events that happen to us. And all of that is from his khalq, subhanahu wa ta'ala, his creation. And he is al-khaliq, al-khalaq, al-bari, and al-musawwir. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk.